Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for a very non-October spooky Friday, January 13th, 2023. What's going on? How are you? Welcome to year six of the Beantown Podcast. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. Año seis of L Podcast Beantown. What is happening? We are coming to you live on a Friday. Everyone's working for the weekend. It's after 5 p.m. Let the good times roll like the cars would sing. It's it's winter. It's January. But I got to tell you, we, we're getting lucky with these temperatures here in Chicago. There's no snow on the ground. There are some flurries today, but nothing that stuck. Today was kind of the low point temperature-wise, and it's uh, of where we've been, and it's still only 30. It's going to be 35 tomorrow, 41 Sunday, 46 Monday and Tuesday. A rainy 46 on Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And you know I'm going to be out there on the lakefront path, not only running, but I'm also going to take an opportunity to go clean up a park. I haven't decided if I want to just go straight out to the lake yet and and pick up litter, if I want to go out to the river and do it. Not sure yet what, what the plan is, but I encourage you, especially if you're off on Monday, to take the opportunity to go do some volunteering in some capacity, help out your community in some way. And speaking of helping out your community, you have uh, the Beantown Podcast Year 6th Pledge Drive Telethon Fundraiser to look forward to. Date is still TBA, but it's typically late, late February. That's right when we try to to, to do it in. I'm, you know, I mentioned this a couple of shows ago, but we're, we're considering doing stickers, so I got to look into that. Uh, because we're, we're a month and change away from that happening, so I'd have to get those ordered and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, sign pictures, Topaz Elite membership, all that good stuff. So maybe when I'm traveling next week into the bowels of the Deep South, we'll have some time to do some research on it. But we're going to, you know, we're going to have the live stream going on YouTube. There's going to be so much, well, you know, probably have music. You can probably donate $5 to request a song. That could be fun. So there's there's a lot planned. It's going to be a good time. Speaking of a lot planned, stay tuned later today in the show. We're going to be uh, previewing an all new, brand new, uh, right on cue uh, episode where we tackle the top stories of today. So you're really going to, there's a lot packed in here on the Beantown podcast. I, you know, it's the start of year six. It's, you know, it's January. That's when our seasons kind of roll over. And so it's dry January for me. The only show, the only year we've ne- we've done this show where it wasn't dry January was in the year 2021, which would have been the start of year four. The reason for that is because I took all of 20, the year 2020 off from drinking. So when I got to January of 2021, I was like, well, I'm not going to, we're not going to add a 13th month. That's bad luck, right? But every other year we've been on the show, it's been dry January for us. And we're going to, we're, we're keeping that going this year. This is our third episode of dry January, January, but just because it's dry January doesn't mean we can't party a little bit. So I've got this straight from uh, Michigan and I just have the pill in front of me. I don't have the yeah, we're popping pills on the Beantown podcast today. So get your get your friends in here. It's a family episode. Uh, when Rachel and I went to Michigan about a month ago, we 
stopped at a dispensary because it's legal in Michigan, and it, prices are significantly lower, as you, you would probably expect, than here in Chicago. So we picked up some stuff. This one is supposedly a, a, a love theme. I don't know if they just, you know, it's a placebo effect or if it actually really gets you going in the bedroom. Not sure, but the pill says 1906 on it. I don't know if that's what your heart rate's going to be after this. This one, I think, in the past gave me the munchies, so we'll see what happens, but thankfully, we're cooking up a nice mushroom and wild rice soup right after this, so I got my handy carbonated water with me, and I bought lime juice today from the Julasco, so now we're going lemon and lime, a double double feature, and so we're going we're gonna to pop this pill. Here's to feeling good all the time. Mm, pop one with me, if you will. Research suggests that if you are drunk, high, or both, listening to the Beantown Podcast is exponentially more tolerable. I didn't say enjoyable. I said tolerable. T-O-L-E-R-A-B-L-E. Speaking of toler, you know there's that city in Ohio, Toledo, which is right near the Michigan border on the western edge of Lake Erie there. Where do you think, because Toledo is a Spanish word a spanish town right so how do you you know who were they honoring when those german settlers or whatever got to the end of lake erie and they were like you know what we'd like to do we'd like to remember our good friends from toledo so we'll name this town toledo let's look it up and while we're doing that i told you you're going to learn so much today in the beantown podcast you're going to have fun and it's going to be tolerable while we're doing that i want to Say hello and thank you to our friends in Pakistan. Now, I don't know if you guys are using the Julian calendar, but whatever year it is for you, this is the sixth year of the Beantown podcast. So you can you can adjust that, translate that however you'd like. But hello to my friends in Karachi. Hello to my friends in uh, Hyderabad. Hello to my friends in the Khyber Pass. Wherever you are listening from, whether it's you know Player FM, Castbox, your podcast app on your your cellular device, or maybe you got one of those uh i got this i have a friend who's like mega mega if you will like ultra republican down in the cornfields of illinois and her and her dad are always using these i don't some some type of radio i can't remember what it's called right this second but just some you know some sort of i think it's something so the government can't listen to you uh and so maybe that's maybe that's what they have uh down there. I'm not sure. But um, however you're listening to the Beantown podcast, we would absolutely love to welcome you on the show. Say hello. Uh, so back to uh, Toledo. So just so you're aware, it's the it's a city in the county seat of Lucas County, Ohio, a major Midwestern United States port city. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we know this. So it's on the western tip of Lake Erie right at the uh, Ohio-Michigan border. Okay, what I'm interested in is sort of the etymology, the historical etymology, E-T-Y-M-O-L-O-G-Y, etymology. Okay, so there's all sorts of, like a lot of Midwestern towns, it was a fort, uh, fur trade established near Fort Detroit, 60 miles to the north, yada, yada, yada. Anyone who knows anything about Ohio would know that. So Native Americans signed a treaty in 1807, War of 1812. Okay, but let's get to Toledo. Uh, we skipped over it somehow. That's the worst. I just I want to 
a section that just tells me how did Toledo get its name. Maybe we just Google that instead. Toledo name. Let's see what happens. This is always, it's always tougher because I, I take a lot of pride in my uh, typing abilities, but when you're one-fingered, it gets a little bit trickier. Okay, here, did, how did Toledo get its name? This is from simple.wikipedia.org. Toledo, Ohio, it was named after Toledo, Spain. It is a large industrial... Okay, I know, but why did they name it? Why did they name it back or, or after uh, Toledo, Ohio? Let's go to the city of to- or Toledo, Spain. You we're digging deep on the show here. This is history of Toledo. Oh, that's Toledo, Oregon. Well, tell you what, let's... Because we were getting all sorts of crap from the internet trying to learn about Toledo, Ohio. That's your homework. Okay, Beantown Podcast, Yahoo.com, and it's Beantown Podcast. First person who figures out why they named it after Toledo, Spain, uh, gets a, a free prize to be named later, cash considerations to be named later. This is cityoftoledo.org, which apparently belongs to Toledo, Oregon, and you know Toledo, Ohio has got to be kicking themselves for not claiming this web domain. So this is... This is Toledo, Oregon, the history of Toledo early settlement. God, these these websites suck. They, we need historical websites designed specifically for live on-air podcasters so they can get the names that they need. Uh, you know, if, any, if there's any Toledo after the OG in Spain, it's probably just going to be named after that one. But would they did they name Toledo, Oregon after Toledo, Ohio, which was named after Toledo, Spain? These, these This is the hard-hitting journalism that you come here for, and I'm happy to say we have absolutely zero answers for you here on the show. So we just spent four, three to four solid minutes trying to figure out uh, why they named Toledo, Ohio after the city in Spain and what you... What you came away with is absolutely nothing. You know, this is bugging me so much, and I respect your time so much. We're going to do a quick pause, and I'm going to, I, I, I'm doing a, a, a brief deep dive off air. We'll be right back. I'm, I'm pissed. Well, it's been about five, six minutes. I found the city of Toledo's, Ohio's website, which is Toledo.com or org or something like that. So we got competing sites. And all I found was in the early 19th century, these, you know, white settlers, after the Treaty of Ghent, G-H-E-N-T, basically just chose it out of a hat, if you will. Uh, There's no good story. There's no great, you know, the mayor had a Spanish honey on the side and he promised it to her kind of story. It just happened. So we're going to move off this because I got frustrated. But what we're talking about today has to be addressed because there's been a lot going on in the news. And we're not usually a political show, but when I see things that are wrong, when I see corruption, I stand up for it. So we're going to talk a little bit of that. We're going to uh, check out that right on cue segment. We'll hear from our sponsors and then we'll just uh, wrap it up um, with uh, just whatever's on your mind. We can check the email for questions. We could, you know, play a play a tune. We got a lot of options. So uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe it'd be fun to to play a play a song. Uh, so we got some 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 scandals out here in the news that have to be addressed. And I've done 
little to no research on them, but I think I should comment. Number one, Joe Biden's papers, uh, the classified documents. So if I'm understanding correctly, basically in his garage in Wilmington as well as in his home in Rehoboth Beach, there are documents that he had from when he was vice president that are either were or are now considered classified, top secret, something like that. And his attorneys or something like that were going through his stuff and made this discovery of these classified documents. So they immediately alerted the authorities, the White House Oversight Committee, something like that, Department of Justice, the DOJ. You know you're cool if you're in an Aaron Sorkin TV show, you're doing a walk and talk and you say, DOJ's all over it. Excuse me. So, and now he's complying 100%. He's not, you know, burning, shredding documents. He's not having his whole, his Mar-a-Lago estate raided. So I think that from what I understand, and that is very little, uh, that's what I understand to be the, the big difference between the, uh, the Trump classified documents and the Joe Biden classified documents. And I think too, that Joe Biden, there were like 10 classified documents, whereas Trump had like a million and I think Joe Biden's classified documents might have been like a White House lasagna recipe or something, and Trump's were like the nuclear codes. But I don't mention lasagna just in passing. I was on the bike about an hour ago, two hours ago, uh, listening to my podcast, and on the TV I was watching diners, drive-ins, and, 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 and drives which is not what it's called. And they they made this gigantic... Lasagna. It was four layers. Oh man, it looked so good. And then they they followed it up with a minestrone. That pot. I and I know pots. I know pot. And I know pots. Um, I don't really know pot. I know like edibles and like THC sativa. I think that's a word. S a t i v a. I don't really know what it is. Is that a strand? I don't really know what that means either. But I got a four gallon pot in the kitchen, which I use occasionally for my chili and other soups of that nature. And this pot had to have been, I'm not lying, eyeballing it, probably 25 to 30 gallons. I mean, this thing was just gigantic. The guy who was, the chef was stirring it with this gigantic wooden paddle. Like you would, like if you're going out on a rowboat, a row, rowboat, rowboat, R-O-W-B-O-A-T, for a nice Sunday, not in football season, of course, but a nice kind of Sunday row around Lake Chapeau, you, you wanted an oar that's not going to break on you. That's what you would. That's what you would do to stir that minestrone. That thing was gigantic. Anyways, back to the point here. So that's the Joe Biden papers. As far as I can tell, uh, it's just kind of like. Maybe some slight irresponsibility, irresponsible use, irregardless uh, of anything else. But it doesn't really seem like a uh, like a big scandal. I don't think our lasagna recipes are going to fall into bad hands. Although I'll say this, Wilmington's a little bit of a rough, rough kind of town. It's weird. Growing up, I you know never really knew anything about Wilmington. And I always just thought, oh, Delaware, because my aunt lives there and I know it's like a bunch of farms and East Coast. And I was just like, oh, that's just Wilmington, probably a quaint little town. Not 
Not really. It's kind of just like Bank of America and other banks and a lot of like shipping and sex trafficking and rundown areas. So basically like The Wire season two. Uh, another thing we got to talk about this and I got to, I got to sh- give a shout out cause she was very much on top of this. We just mentioned Delaware and to the podcast Anna Ogunike was all over this George uh, Santos story from the beginning. So literally like three weeks ago, she was saying, you got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. And I'm, I'm looking into it. And I'm like, I never heard of, you know, never heard of her, George Santos. Like what, you know, who is this? And so if you don't know, George Santos is, Basically, this Republican, Latino, bisexual male, I think, from Long Island who represents, uh, was recently elected to represent a district out there. Cause, you know, large portions of Long Island are super right, white, witch, white, witch, white, rich, and uh, Republican. So, essentially, he got elected. And it turns out that he lied about some things. Let's Google George Santos. And we're not talking politicians like I I lowered the debt by 2% and it was actually 1.5% or, um, you know, I, I've never lost a lasagna recipe in my life. We're talking like real life big issues from not only just like an ethical standpoint, but I think like a legal standpoint as well. I was about to do the Google search and then I stuck my foot back into my slipper and I could feel a hair go between my toes, which is not a good sensation. It's one of those things you really got to fix. You got to adjust. You got to take care of before you can feel comfortable. There we go. Okay. So here we go. Uh, the headlines, George Santos said accused Ponzi scheme he worked at was 100% legitimate. USA Today, George Santos faces mounting pressure to step down by GOP leaders. CBS News, uh, George Santos backers include a mi- migrant smuggler, a big Trump donor, and uh, and then it cuts off. Uh, another watchdog files a complaint. George Santos secret resume, a Wall Street star with a 3.9 GPA. George Santos says he'll resign if 142,000 constituents ask him to. Let's click on that, see if it uh, mentions sort of all the issues. I, I remembered some of them, but I'm trying to like basically give you a better understanding of what he's not only fudged, but completely just straight up lied about regarding. So he's admitted to lying about uh, parts of his resume. But he's been defined. He's basically saying, like, yeah, I got elected, so, like, who cares? Oh, I should mention listener discretion is advised 20 minutes in. Listener discretion is advised when you're uh, uh, listening to the Bean Time podcast. Number one, location, some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. So it seems like a lot of Republicans are just like, yeah, obviously he lied, and that's not good, but he also got elected, so who cares? Let's see. What did... Maybe we need a clearer, not doing well on the Google searches today. What did George Santos do? He's wanted by Brazilian police, I think. Uh, so this is from time.com. Remember time? They run a magazine. This here, this is the straight shot journalism we need on this show. Everything we know so far about Congressman George Santos lying about his resume. Let's see. 
So first week of new Congress, he's 34. Uh, Queens and Long Island, okay, used to be left-leaning. Now it's more right-leaning. George has since admitted he lied about much of his personal history and resume. Okay, let's see. His fraudulent story, he bragged about a robust career he claimed began when he earned a degree from Baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, college, and also studied at New York University. After school, he claimed to have had a finance career working at Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. And in December, the Times first reported none of these institutions had records of Santos' enrollment or employment, and Santos soon confessed he had lied on his resume and had never graduated from any college and didn't work for either company. Okay. says He says he founded Friends of Pets United, an animal rescue organization that saved thousands of cats and dogs, as well as owned 13 rental properties that he managed as a landlord. He'd criticized the eviction moratorium, saying it felt like landlords were being punished. Times investigation did not find his nonprofit was a registered tax-exempt organization. We should do that for uh, Beantown Gives Back. Remind me in one year. It reported the rescue group had at least one fundraiser in 2017, but the event's beneficiary said they never received any of the proceeds. That sounds like some Jen Shaw shit. Speaking of which, quick, quick, very brief pause. A Real Housewives of Salt Lake City ra- season three wrapped up this past uh, Wednesday, and if you, if it felt short to you, it was because it was fourteen episodes total, and the episode was just a train wreck. Half of it was like a, a classic grand finale, like a party. It was Meredith's, excuse me, Heather's uh, book release party, but it was really a boring party. And then the other half they filmed on July eleventh when Jen pled guilty, and it was just like. Not interesting at all. Apparently, he owes. He himself was uh, had eviction notices owing more than twelve thousand total in unpaid rent. We're back to George Santos, not uh, Meredith or Heather. Uh, let's see. Apparently, he shared a lot about his upbringing throughout his campaign, highlighting his mother was Jewish. His maternal grandmother fled to Brazil during World War II, and he practiced Catholicism. Although he practiced Catholicism, he was a non-observant Jew. This is just like Tim Watley in Seinfeld. He's, he's trying to cover everything. Apparently, that is false as well. Let's see. He claimed his mother survived September 11th terrorist attacks, but died later from cancer. Apparently, she died in 2016. Okay, so 15 years after 9-11. Okay. He says he supports LGBTQ rights. Uh, he's openly gay, and he also didn't disclose that he was married to a woman for five years. Maybe Jen Shah. Who knows? There's a lot of other things, uh, a lot of financial discrepancies with campaign donations and all the sort of all the like. So this guy is just kind of basically seems like a total scumbag. That would be. Here's a comparison, because I know not all of our listeners are super into the politics, so here's a comparison, really. That would be like me telling, I don't know, Squarespace, one of those classic podcast advertisers, or uh, Dollar Shave Club, if you will, or Harry's, um, or you know the, the state of Rhode Island, that I was the number one podcast by downloads on... Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Number one, all podcasts. Not just 112 in Pakistan. We're talking number one of all podcasts up there, you know, above the Joe Rogans and the, uh, I don't know, there's got to be other podcasts out there. That The one where they, uh, Serial, 
which was not about Honeycomb. And then Squarespace gives me, or Dollar Shave Club or Rhode Island gives me a million dollars to run an ad, a 30-second ad every episode. They give me a million dollars every episode. And I just start cashing checks. Well, I'm not the number one podcast. I, You know, we're close, but we're not the number one podcast. So a lie is still a lie, George. Uh, so that's, you know, to help kind of help you guys understand better what it, what it means really. Um, the other thing that we should think about with George Santos is the George Soros connection. So one other political scandal we got to talk about is, uh, and then we're going to jump in here. Uh Oh, DPU alert student center at Lincoln parked. This is not exciting. Got interrupted for this to close at 8 p.m. today due to unexpected maintenance issue. Maybe someone ran into the revolving door or something. But Lori Lightfoot, our embittered, embattled, behooved mayor of Chicago, is just the mayoral election is about a month away. And boy, things are just falling off the the tracks badly for Lori Lightfoot. She's at like fourth in the polls right now. Um, Really doesn't have any friends because she seems to really enjoy pissing everyone off. And in the latest news, she sent an email, her campaign sent an email to all CPS teachers uh, this past week asking for their students to come out and volunteer for her campaign and go door to door, knock on people's doors and pass out flyers and stuff. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if that's illegal or not. Um, but it certainly feels really scummy and it might be illegal. I don't know. So just man, I think like a lot of people, I was, somewhat excited felt uh like it was cool to have a openly gay black woman be mayor but boy she's just been terrible i really can't stand her and she doesn't really seem to to care so i think she's gonna be done in a couple months here and good riddance it's not an easy job but you gotta at least look like you're trying and she uh, doesn't seem to care about that at all Okay, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that we had a new little uh, Right on Cue episode that I wanted to preview. So we're going to go ahead and pull up that audio file, insert it, and we'll be right back with uh, a thank you to our sponsors and then uh, a look ahead to the season uh, and the future of the Beantown Podcast. Uh, Here's Right on Cue. Next time on Right on Cue. More documents found in Joe Biden's garage. What this means for your children. Remembering Lisa Marie Presley, the voice, the heart, the woman. And our experts give their review of Yellowstone Season 5, Part 1. Their one-word preview? Yuck. Still to come on Right on Cue. All right, well, that sounds awfully exciting. You probably didn't think we could take a deeper dive on the Joe Biden stuff than we just did, but check out out our website beantownpodcast.com slash right dash on dash q to see all the latest right on q deep dives 
I want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors, our good friends at Home Pride Oregon. We did some full reads last week, I believe. So uh, Home Pride Oregon, just know if you want someone who's safe, certified, if your furnace goes out, call a furnace at 541-410-0316. More specifically, ask for Steve. And, uh, well, frankly, he's not a technician, but it's more of a just if you're selling your home and your furnace kind of is crappy, you, you're going to want the proper disclosure so you don't get in trouble with, you know, the real estate police and the law and, you know, Zillow.com. So go to HomePrideOregon.com for a, uh, a low-risk consultation and uh, your money back, uh, doubly in- insured, uh, or they'll buy your home if he does a bad job. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. Of course, our good friends with us in year six of the show, the Samson Q2U series. If you're sitting there, you're thinking, hmm, this podcast sure sounds clear. It sure sounds crisp. Quinn said it was the number one downloaded podcast on Google Play, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. There's got to be a reason why, you know, a show of this, you know, kind of low caliber, low quality humor, there's got to have something going for it. And that's the audio quality, and that comes from the Samson Q2U series. We couldn't do it without them. They couldn't do it without us. Mutual symbiosis, which reminds me, uh, just that one word reminds me of something I'll, I'll share with you. That can be our, our final uh, segment today on the show. It involves uh, a, an old friend of the show who's not actually a friend of the show, but he's been involved in the in the show in a way he's not aware of. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but... Cuts, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Samson Q2U series, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. And then, of course, I jumped the gun for a hot second there, but our good friends at Cuts by Q just did a nice little neck trim, keeping the beard, uh, you know, kind of trimming the extemporaneous hairs, uh, the follicles and such, if you will, right now. But but keeping the beard for a hot second, I do have an event. I do have to work next Saturday, which is a total bummer. Uh, downtown on campus and stuff in the cold. So I think we'll probably ditch the beard for that so I can look clean and fresh. But guys and girls, because I don't judge, whether you want a nice, thick beard, something you can tug on, or whether you're trying to look slim, trim, and shaved, you know who to call. Uh, well, we don't really have a phone number. I guess 815 298 7200 or go to slash cuts by q or email be, uh, uh, cuts by q at yahoo.com. Again, that's cuts q u t z by q at yahoo.com. When you need a fresh juice on the snappier new, call the experts at cuts by q. Excuse me. All right, I, I I just teased it, so before I forget about it, um, we haven't mentioned uh, Scott Farrell on the show much. If, you, if you've forgotten who Scott is, essentially a guy that I knew for a very brief time when I was in high school who's probably, well, he's in, his, he's in his 40s, so he's probably about 15 to 20 years older than I am. I was recruiting. Garage Band cut out on me. I'm back. So what I was going to say about Scott is the reason I ever got connected with him in the first place was my piano teacher in high school kept getting bugged by this guy, and she knew he was a crazy. And so she was like, hey, Quinn can do it. 
so I c- I'm wondering if she like secretly hated me and set me up with this guy. I'm not really sure. Uh, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say she just didn't know the level of crazy. But basically, I played for his opera. He didn't pay me much, $35 maybe, for 10 weeks of rehearsal and then an event. Uh, It was just a disaster. Anyways, I have since, and I I did not for a very long time in college and grad school. It was really not until maybe three, four years ago that I kind of, he was always in the back of my mind somewhere, but I really kind of started to keep up with him from the shadow realm. And of course, uh, we did the Scott Farrell audiobook. He wrote a biog- autobiography of himself. Uh, if you're curious, it's not publicly listed because he's the type that would just go nuts with like copyright stuff. Uh, so if you want, ever want the link, just email me and we'll make it happen. Uh, com. But I've been keeping up with him. Uh, uh, he's, so he's got a Twitter and he just started an Instagram like two or three months ago. And the reason I thought of him when I mentioned symbiosis is he's doing this some sort of what's called a first form with a pH first form athlete search. So first form is like some sort of, uh, you know, protein powder supplement company, something like that. And Scott actually worked at the vitamin shop before he got fired. If you're curious, you can go to his YouTube video. You can watch the video. He threatens to uh, potentially, let's just say, eliminate the customer who got him fired. So it's riveting stuff. Uh, And Scott might be a murderer. I don't really know. But there's a first form athlete search. Oh, the other thing that's worth noting is Scott has really, and we talk about this in the book all the time, uh, but he's really tried to become an adult film star. Mind you, this is a mid-40s, super pasty Irish guy uh, with, frankly, uh, and I don't like looking at it, but sometimes it pops up on Twitter, a very, just a, just shockingly small uh, penis, if you will. And I'm not here to body shame anyone. I don't think that's appropriate, but I also recognize that if you want to work in adult films and you want to, like, make that your your thing in life. I mean, there are certain, certain things just don't match up, right? If I was born without hands and I wanted to be a pianist, you'd say, well, you can still be a musician. You could sing, you could play the foot organ, but playing piano might be tougher. You could even drum with your stumps, but playing piano, you know, you need the, the nimbleness, the dexterity. So that's kind of how I that's the analogy I use for Scott. So he's doing this first form athlete search. Apparently, uh, you can win $150,000, but Scott's been doing all sorts of uh, YouTube videos. You can go check out on his YouTube channel. There's nothing explicit on YouTube, so you're good to go there. It's safe. Uh, but I will caution you, if you go check out his Twitter page, it is much more porn-themed, porn-centric. And his Instagram is all just gym shots with zero to two likes on each photo which is just uh just (sighs) sad feels harsh but it does feel a little bit harsh so there's this uh he's trying to be a first form athlete if you win as the next athlete you'll earn twenty five thousand dollars well they just said one hundred fifty thousand dollars so they got to make up their mind uh signed athlete contract which i don't really know what that means what do you uh signed athlete contract with this supplement company scott's not an athlete okay it's just you have to you have to be an athlete to be an athlete. Be the face of the brand. Oof, that can't. Uh, his face cannot be 
the face of any brand except for let's just stop there it's it's going to be bad the 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 further we dive into it so we can talk about Scott Moore uh throughout year 6 of the show if if it necessitates itself okay so that's where we're at with the uh, Beantown Podcast Year Six. It's going to be fun. We went we went through it last week because are all the favorites um, that we're going to be debuting coming up. But I, I'd re, uh, remind you and encourage you to check out BeantownPodcast.com. We just re-upped for twenty twenty three. Paid the WordPress bill last week. You've got our Cuts by Q page. You can book an appointment. Uh, you've got our uh, Right on Q where we have all of our great segments there. I was thinking of adding, I, I did a wedding video uh, recently, so I was thinking of adding videography there, Beantown Podcast uh, you know, video. And, of course, our Beantown blog, which I'm, uh, I, I've been thinking, you know, just as I've, you know, I'm a busy person, but I've been able to get pretty efficient with what I'm doing for the most part. So things kind of flow quickly and naturally. And I love writing. So I'm thinking trying to uh, spend some more time on the Beantown blog this year. I think we, you know, we, we posted maybe two or three times last year. Uh, we definitely should do a Yellowstone review. Maybe once we get caught up, uh, we're in the middle of season four. And there, right now, the show is on hiatus between part one of season five and part two of season five. So maybe once we get caught up, we'll do a review. Because we did that for Euphoria, and the fans really liked it. Uh, and Game of Thrones. So we kind of tackled the, we, we have a, a tendency to tackle sort of the big the big shows, if you will. Um, but what I'm going to do now is move over to the piano, and I had not planned anything. But we're going to just play some live music for you all because that's fun to do. So let's get set up here. We're getting set up live on air. I didn't even set up the mic stand or anything like that. But we're going to do that, and we're going to play some music. You know what I think we could do? I've, I've been playing mostly ragtime lately, so we could do that. And then we could close out with a live rendition of our outro music, which I haven't planned or practiced at all. Um, I'm not going to be able to do this mic stand one-handed, so we're going to pause real quick and be right back with the live music. So we'll see you in a second to play us out O'Reilly style. All right, this one's a cakewalk. And uh, for better or for worse, we didn't do any sound checks with the mic and stuff before jumping in. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll do a little cakewalk and then we'll do a little uh, our outro music live on air to kick off year six. And if you need to turn it up to here or it just doesn't come through well, well, that'll happen sometimes. But that's all I had to say anyway. So if you want to hear me play two more tunes, great. If not, everyone stay safe, stay sane, and I'll check in on you next time. Bye.
Thanks again for listening. Here's our outro music, which we haven't played in uh, months. So should be fun. Take care. See you next time.